Welcome back to another episode of the Winna Winna PUBG podcast. I'm back. Robin's back. You're back. My name is Arjuna. And I'm Robin. And yeah, man, I took a break from the show last week. Felt good. Yeah. Felt nice to relax. And I gotta say, uh, you and Daniel and Benny really killed it. So. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. It was, yeah. it was awesome. You know, it was really nice just being a listener for once. Mm, I bet. Yeah. It's like, I've actually said this before that there are times when I check my podcast app and I'm like, oh, I wonder if Winner Winner has a new episode yet. <laughs> and I, I actually got to do that this past week. So that awesome. was really good. Yeah, it was super fun to have them. It was, it was fun just to mix it up and have some different people on. And of course, they're my favorite people to talk to about PUBG with. So it worked out really well. We probably will have them or some other guests on again in the future. So looking forward to more of that. Yeah. So, you know, that's just a, a heads up for all you discorders. You know, if you if you cozy up real nice, you might actually <laughs> end up on the podcast. I mean, <laughs> that's what, yeah, our junior calls it cozying up. We'll, we'll get into the details later. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, anyway, let's talk about what we're going to cover today in the show. So there's quite a lot of news going around. Uh, PC patch 15 is by the time you listen to this, it will have hit. And there's also an event pass thing that they're introducing soon, which there's been a lot of consternation in the community around that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, and then we have a few Xbox things happening as well. There's a hot fix, which is part of an upcoming June 26th optimization patch, which they've promised. And finally, there's an Xbox headshot challenge. Hmm. So, yeah. And then for our main topic today, we're going to talk about proning, which I, I have a lot to say about proning. I think some other people don't think about it that much. Mm-hmm. But it's a very key part of the game. Mm-hmm. And I think it is a good thing to bring more conscious attention to yeah i'm really interested to to hear what we're going to talk about there because um i know you you've been pushing for this for a little while and i have some thoughts on proning but i'm curious um kind of how deep we're going to go with it because i don't think about it that much so i'm really i'm looking forward to that cool Mm -hmm. all right well stay tuned robin because you will hear exactly (laughs) how you think about it later in the show cool well uh yeah man why don't we just dive into some current events in that case okay Sweet. So, patch 15. This is a pretty sizable patch. Yeah. I mean, you know, let's be real. The gorilla in the room is that Sandhawk is coming to live servers for this patch. Which also means it's coming to custom servers for us, which I'm stoked about. Yes, me too. Yeah, I'm, I'm... Already interested to see, like, what the war mode locations are. Exactly. You know? Yeah, war mode, I think, is going to be super fun on it. Yeah. And one thing I'm wondering um, is, you know, now that Sandhawk has the dynamic circle, I wonder how that's going to change customs. You know what I mean? Hmm. Because, you Mm -hmm. know, in customs, you have to set your circle settings. So, yeah. Oh, that's a very good point. Yeah. We'll we'll have to see what options they give us to do that. Yeah, I'm assuming that since they're releasing it to the normal game, that we will have that available in customs. That might be an erroneous assumption. We'll That's have to true. See. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I hope I am right in assuming that, but yeah, they very well could withhold it until they figure out some of that stuff. Right. Yeah, it'll it'll come eventually. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, 
Sanok is, is coming. It's already on the test server. And we have spent a little time playing this this week and just kind of checked back in on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I just played today. I played some yesterday. Cool. Yep, still digging it, especially since it has the new uh, weapon, the QBZ-95. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you want to kind of go through the notes here bit by bit? Or? Yeah, we can. I've, I'll skip, you know, performance, gameplay, red mm-hmm. zone. Mm-hmm. All of those things seem pretty basic. You can read them. Um, the I like this... Uh, the, the dynamic circles is something that's really interesting to me. You know, so basically what they've done here is they've said the blue zone is dynamic. It checks remaining player numbers before deciding the next circle, adjusting the waiting time and travel time accordingly. Mm-hmm. So that's that's big game, dude. If they get this right, and I'm sure they'll be tweaking it over time, yeah. I think it's really going to change this game a lot. Yeah. And probably for the better. Yeah. I'm wondering mm. how dynamic it is. Mm. I think, you know, because the game, in terms of how many people die when, like kind of the curve of people alive in the game, it seems pretty consistent. I guess I don't pay super close attention to it, but I would just assume kind of statistically it doesn't vary that much. People mm. do hot drops. A certain number of people will, and then people are going to die off right away, and there's this kind of gradual decline. And so... I'm wondering if we'll even really notice that. Um, I guess the good news is if a bunch of people do die off at the beginning, um, it's going to get people together faster by making those circles quicker, right? And by, yeah. by narrowing the gameplay or the game area. So that's right. awesome. Yeah, it's a cool idea. One thing I'm a little concerned about is that it doesn't say anything about checking player location. Hmm. So it seems like the kind of thing where you could randomly in a game just get extra fucked if you land too far away. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I kind of wonder how that'll factor in. Might not be such a big deal on Sanok in particular because it's just smaller. Mm-hmm. And my general experience of it is that it seems like you always have enough time as long as you're not, you know, too distracted fighting or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. It, so it affects... The waiting time and travel time. And so I'm assuming if there's more players, it'll be slower. And if there's fewer, it's going to quicken those up to get those players together more quickly. Mm-hmm. So again, I don't know. Let's say for some odd reason, two people ended up alive after the first circle. Like how fast, like what's this? the top limit on how fast these next circles can be, I wonder. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it might be a lot less variance than we imagine. Exactly. In our minds. That's, yep. Yeah, so, but it looks like they also deployed a blue zone change that we expected them to release a couple months ago, which was having shorter waiting times, and then it takes it longer for the circle to close in. Mm, so mm. I'm actually pretty stoked about that. Um, mm. the, the early game still feels it doesn't actually you know what it doesn't feel that slow. It feels pretty good just from the rounds I've been playing on, on um, Sanok. You're talking about? Yep, on Sanok. Yeah. Yep. I would agree with that. Actually, yep. Sa- Sonic. Sonic. Actually, this is important. They actually, in these patch notes at the top, they said added a new map, Sanuk, and then in parentheses pronounced Sonic, which is S-A-H-N-O-K. And I mention this because every time we talk about this, we like poke fun at what the, how the hell we're supposed to say it. Benny's just calling it Savage still. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I might revert to that myself. <laughs> Sonic. 
Sanok. I'm going to try to like ingrain that in my head. Is it, is it Sanok or Sanok? You, uh, all I know is Sa. The Sa is clear. Like, <laughs> okay. Sanok. Sanok? 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 You know what? Sanok. Sanok. I think that's it. But we also don't know if the, the emphasis is on the first or second syllable. Exactly. It could be Sanok or Sonic. Sanok. <laughs> Sonic. I'm going to go some Sonic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Hopefully we're not being inappropriate. By, but, you know, this is a made up word. So whatever. I'll, I'll be inappropriate all over this. <laughs> um, yeah. So Savage, uh, what, what else is going on with Savage here? Um, the spawn balance is, uh, you know, it seems like they're pushing it even more in the direction that they were originally where it says ARs, SMGs, and DMRs are spawned more often. So I felt like they were already spawned enough before. Yeah. It says they've increased it 5%. So, <laughs> you I know, mean, it's going to be spicy. The one thing that's pretty nice about this is I haven't been landing and striking out on finding a weapon very mm -hmm. often. Mm -hmm. I've been dying a lot in early game, and it hasn't been because I haven't found a gun. Right. It, right? Which is yeah. awesome. Yeah. So. I would agree. I I like this. I just like the weapon spawn balance in general on this map. I just feel like, you know, because let's be real, maybe some people enjoy looting in this game, but I don't. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like I'd like spending 10 minutes looking at the ground, finding things and going like, ooh. I know. You know? Ooh, it's bittersweet. It's, it's like it's I tell myself it's not why I play the game. <laughs> right but when i'm playing and i look at my behavior there will yeah. be people like two doors down and i know they're there and instead of doing tactical plays i'm like kind of thinking about what i'm doing tactically but i'm also like ooh, painkillers and i'll like walk <laughs> over and like loot the painkillers like <laughs> I know, i'm not gonna get a chance to use those in this situation more than likely unless i need them immediately which i usually don't yeah and about i keep like getting lured by it so that's such goldfish man yeah. Wait, what? What's that? What'd you say about goldfish? Oh, I said we're such goldfish. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My attention span, exactly. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. as as just proven. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I I I like the faster pace of play in the beginning of the game. I like the more loot. I think that's all really groovy. Um, I'm just scrolling through all these different locations here. We don't. We don't really need to talk about them nah. necessarily. Um, yeah, let's do it. So let's talk about the the QBZ. Okay, it's a five five six millimeter caliber assault rifle, and it's got the bolt pup design, which is it just makes me so happy. Yeah, it's I've been. Sexy. I just for some reason I've been daydreaming about guns more, and I've been daydreaming about bolt pup rifles. It's so weird. It's. <laughs> <laughs> and then this weapon just like came out of nowhere in this game and i'm like uh it just scratches the right spot for me yeah and it's i think it's a fucking amazing gun so far i mm. i don't think this thing is gonna make it um a, a month without getting nerfed to be honest hmm. um it feels really stable i doubt there's any damage nerf compared to the other 5.56 rifles i bet it's the same and so I think the added, it just feels like an M4 or a SCAR, except it sounds different and it's more stable than either, I would say. Really? Yeah. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. I I haven't done a lot of fighting with it. I don't think I've gotten a kill with it yet. I've picked it up enough because it's really common. Mm-hmm. But just from I did some test bursts and you know firing against the wall and stuff, and I have to say I wasn't super impressed mm-hmm. with the recoil. I will say I just did a quick little test, kind of mm-hmm. wacky jacky style, and I grabbed an M4. And shot up a wall, and mm-hmm. then I grabbed the QBZ ninety five and shot up a wall. And the vertical recoil, um, it the top of the QBZ ninety five recoil was about three bullets below the top of the recoil for the M four. Mm, okay, mm-hmm. that's compelling. How about the horizontal recoil though? It was very similar. Really? Yep. Okay, because that. That was kind of when I was firing it, I felt it just felt kind of unruly to me. It felt like it was traveling a lot in all directions. Yeah. I it, think once you once you play with it more, yeah. I think you'll notice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That was just a very, very initial impression. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely I have to get some kills and stuff. Um Yeah, I it's funny because as small as this map is I felt like the last play session we had where we played for a good amount of time, I just felt like our fights kept being mostly long-range fights, mm-hmm. um, which was interesting. But. You know, I just realized we kind of skimmed over what bullpup means. Um, oh, yeah. Do you want to describe that quick? Yeah. Okay, so a bullpup is it's a style of rifle that was designed um, with the main idea of making the weapon more compact. Mm-hmm. And so... It basically what they've done is uh in a lot of weapons the magazine feeds either into the handle where your hand goes or it feeds in front of the handle. So basically you in front of your trigger finger. But with a bullpup style rifle, the magazine actually feeds behind where you put your hand uh on the handle. So it just it's a more compact design. Um, it makes the rifle shorter without necessarily shortening the length of the barrel. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's just kind of, I mean, that doesn't matter. Well, maybe it does matter, I guess, actually, when we were talking about weapon length. Mm-hmm. you know. So it, it probably does matter in this game, but but not substantially, I would say. Yeah. Um, but there's just kind of the sexy factor. Yes, right? yes. Just kind of the, the ooh-la-la right. of it. Yeah. So. You know what I just realized is I've been thinking of it as just it's a normal rifle design with a magazine and a trigger handle, except that the trigger and the handle assembly and the magazine are swapped is the yeah. way I've been thinking of it, mm, Okay, which is mostly true, except I think you outlined it better because it actually swaps them and then is able to shift them back toward the butt of the gun. Exactly. And, and hence achieving that more compact design. Mm-hmm. And so you end up with the shorter gun without a shorter barrel. And mm-hmm. so that magazine is actually ending up kind of toward the front of where the stock is. And I'm yeah. seeing in a lot of these designs, which I didn't fully grok before. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm sure in real life it has its kind of blend of benefits and drawbacks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, every weapon would be a bullpup design now. But oh man, you know uh, what I need to do now huh. is I need to figure out how long it is compared to the other ARs. Yeah, totally. Right? Because if 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 what we're saying and and if the game is true to the design of the gun, and I don't know anything about the specs of this gun in real life, but that concept at least of bullpups being shorter. 
I'm really curious if it does end up being shorter um, mm-hmm. in the game. So yeah, I hope I'm... so, because really that's going to give it a little boost in close quarters combat. Right. And theoretically, I would hope to see a faster ADS speed as yeah, well. Yeah, that would be sweet for sure. Yeah, my guess is that the bullpups are the shortest rifles, but that that's still longer than any of the SMGs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's yeah. where I would expect it to. Yeah. So, but yeah, I don't know. That's that's we should we should do a little test on that. All right. So, so. I, th- I feel like next week we'll probably end up doing a follow up on the QBZ ninety five a little bit and get kind of a final verdict on it, mm-hmm. at least for its current state, and then also how Sanok is playing out and any kind of like optimization and and basic map features and and meta. So instead of this week, because it still hasn't dropped, so we want, I don't know, I feel like we should wait till, it's like, this is part one of the update, and then part two is going to be next week when we've actually gotten a chance to really play it out. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We we didn't want to do like a Sanok only focus this episode, because just too much could change. Mm-hmm. So um, just a quick note here, um, accuracy modifiers have been applied from moving, changing movement stances or aiming modes and no longer applied instantly. So they've, they've just made some subtle adjustments to how the game handles. They say this means, for example, when aiming down the site, you won't gain the full accuracy improvements from ADS until your sights are aligned. So this is something which I'm sure if you play this game for thousands of hours, you might know, but I feel like the average player probably doesn't really notice this much. Oh, But it it just means that um, you have to be a little more cognizant of how you go from moving to shooting. Aha. Okay. So what this means is quick scoping is no longer a thing. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Which is great because I always felt like that was a little bit hacky and doesn't, (laughs) it doesn't, it's not very realistic. No. Right? Like, in fact, I would say that while bringing your gun scope up to your eye, you're going to have the worst aim. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> Of, should. like, any other moment. Like, if you're hip firing, you're holding it in a steady position. If you're aiming right. down sight, you're holding it in a steady position. If you're moving it between those two, who the fuck knows where your gun is pointing? Like, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's yeah. going to be roughly on target, but definitely sh- shouldn't be getting... 100% accuracy as that scope's moving toward your eye. So yeah, that's something to look out for. I guess we'll report on it if we really notice a difference. Another thing, I'm glad that they're adding this finally. They've given you eight seconds now at the end of the match to do your sweet moves when you win. Yes. So. Ah, uh, that's yep. so great. Yep. Inching we, forward. We bitched, they listened. <laughs> <laughs> I t- we take full credit. When a winner yep. podcast takes full credit for that change. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I just saw a video of um, Acolyte playing a game and getting a chicken dinner, and he was able to move at the end of it, and he was surprised and stoked. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure that there's so. going to be a lot of like people humping dead players and stuff like that going mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Yeah. So, um, one other thing here is I finished a game today. And there's some UI changes that just, it makes the menu a little different. It still has your kill points and your um, damage points. But it had a new thing called bonus points. And mm. they appeared in yellow right under those. And I have no idea what these are. I, For example, I got, I think I got two kills in the game and died in early game. Mm. And I got six bonus points. Hmm. But I can't figure out where these fit. 
um, if it's part of what they're doing with the new um, yeah, the, season pass. The season pass is yeah. my guess. But yeah. based on what I understand of the calculus with the season pass, I I don't know how it would fit. But we'll get to the season pass here. Is that next? Yeah, I think it is next. I mean, there's more in these notes. Yeah, let's get through these and we'll get to that. I, I mm-hmm. don't. It's not much I'm super excited to talk about. Okay. <laughs> um, you can't uh, select individual maps anymore. They've they've put them on like large and small map playlists. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as per usual, people are complaining about it. Yeah. I We saw the add map selection thing starting to yeah. pop <laughs> up Come <again>. back, exactly. <laughs> Which I don't, I don't honestly, I don't really understand that choice that they made. Yeah. Why they would segregate it and just mini royale and battle royale. Um, well, they're just worried about dividing the player base too much. That's mm-hmm. it. I, get, I don't know. I just, I don't, when there's like millions of people playing the game. Yeah. I, I mean, I have to assume they know more about matchmaking than I do. Mm-hmm. And that they're trying to make, you know, quality of life decisions for the players um, based on what they've seen and, and the numbers that they know about mm-hmm. this. And so. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I do kind of, I miss having total choice, but at the same time, you know, it's an RNG game. So it's just going to let the RNG handle that for you. <laughs> I I got to admit, I'm a little bummed. Mm-hmm. I, I guess for the moment, it doesn't matter because I'm just going to be playing a lot of Sanok, but I'm a little bummed because I feel like I finally reached saturation with Erangel. Like, I just don't want to play it anymore. Mm. I'm I'm tired, dude. I'm mm-hmm. tired of it. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like I've witnessed every potential permutation of circle and fucking yeah. drop and fucking everything. I'm just so <laughs> so bored of I it. I think you you and Benny and Daniel have all been kind of hating on Aaron Gall, and I think it's rubbing off on me because I'm starting <laughs> to get there a little bit too. Where I'm like, you know, I think I am getting a little tired of Aaron Gall. Yeah, um, I mean, could be it's time for it's a, break. a great map. You know, it may still be the best map made so far for this game, but I mean, how many hundreds of hours can you play it? You know? <laughs> it's like, where are we gonna drop this time? You know, Melt of power. You know what this game needs? What this game? Here, here it goes. This is, and it needs randomly generated maps. Whoa, procedural maps. Yes. Damn, I mean, dude. people do this stuff. Like, this isn't a new idea, right? Like, people have figured out how to procedurally generate maps, and I don't know enough about it. I would think that it would be pretty damn hard. It would be it would be very intensive on the server and on the client um, to yeah. kind of pull that off with any regularity. Mm-hmm. But I could see it maybe they might have, um, like, an Erangel variant that's procedurally generated each day and then everyone gets a little update for it Hmm. Um, oh i see what you mean yep so like every time you fire up the game you're downloading like that day's version exactly okay yeah that's interesting which you know people would miss the old map and there'd be some really weird elements in the map and circles (laughs) would end up in strange ass places with like cliff sides and whatever but that's just part of the game anyway. So right. I don't I think that'd be super exciting. I, I think it's only a matter of time before mm. we see maps kind of go in that direction in multiplayer arenas. Cause I think a huge in a in a way it levels the playing field. Mm, it does. Because right now, the more hours you have plugged into any shooter, the more map awareness you've built up and the more 
the higher the ability there is to predict what other players are going to be doing and where they're going to be mm. and how they're moving. Mm-hmm. And that's invaluable in any shooter. And so leveling the playing field in this case, no one would have knowledge of the map and where to where to be and where to go and where people are going. So I'd love that. Um, yeah. You know, and you could do that anywhere from putting the same old buildings and a new landscape or even procedurally generating buildings because buildings as well is, is part of map awareness and knowing kind of where people hide and like to, to camp and peek and how mm. they move through them. So I don't know. I think yeah. that's really exciting. Idea. I think that's a brilliant idea. Mm-hmm. You know, who, yeah, who knows like the first person who will do it right. But mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. This game. This that, game could really benefit. That sounds from. like my dream job, actually. <laughs> okay. Okay. Procedural map and building generation yeah. for shooters. Mm-hmm. Uh, Call speak- me. <laughs> Speaking of the map, they've made a cool change to the mini map, which is that it now zooms dynamically, which is, I think, really cool. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. So if you're moving, say, in a car, it'll zoom out so you can see more of your surroundings and kind of make... You can basically see a roadmap and make decisions about navigation. Yeah. And when you're walking, you just see kind of close-up relevant stuff. So I thought that was brilliant. In fact, this is one of the changes they made that I think this is something we have. We can't take any credit for because I've never bitched about that, like not being a thing. And so props to the developers for seeing um, a possible improvement and doing it. Toast. Um, another thing I like is that, uh, areas under the blue zone are now just totally blue on the map. Mm, love and it. that's, yeah, sweet change for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely quality of life there. Um, dude, you know, there's more stuff in this, but whatever. <laughs> Let's talk about this event pass, Robin. Okay, so it's been getting a lot of negative flack. Let's see if we can succinctly describe it. I was really annoyed for a little while when news first came out about it because I just kept finding articles on my Google feed about it, mm. and all of the Google feed articles wouldn't really describe it. Yeah, they, would they just, don't actually tell you what the hell they, it is. No, they, everyone just says, oh, it's like the Fortnite season pass, or I think it might be called something different in Fortnite, but I have no fucking idea what that is because I don't what? play that game. <laughs> what is this Fortnite you speak of? Yeah. <laughs> and so I had to read myself the primary documentation on this. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I finally have some idea. Basically, okay. by looking at what they posted about it and also by going into the game and looking at how it looks on the test server... So they're calling it Event Pass. The really quick explanation of how this Event Pass works is 
that you get XP by completing challenges. You reach different levels by crossing different XP thresholds. Each of those levels will unlock some sort of reward, like a skin or clothing, uh, weapon skins, or a boost to your XP. Also, there's you can actually unlock XP at different levels as well, which I found surprising. For example, at level three, you get a 500... Oh, no, no, wait. That's 500 BP. Man, oh, it's getting complex. Okay. <laughs> Noob moment. Okay, so now we have XP and BP. And BP can be used to buy crates. So that's fascinating. I, yeah, I kind of like that. Too. I wish yeah. I could just get BP. Actually, no, that's not true. I I want to like see specific things I can unlock by doing specific things. And this is kind of like that. It's a little bit convoluted. But anyway... So back to the quick explanation, you get XP by completing challenges that gets you to different levels and at different levels, you get different stuff. Um, and if you've bought premium pass, then you get to keep those things. If you haven't bought premium pass then some of those things might go away after a while. This is interesting because there's some things about this that I actually like, and there are things that we've asked for on the show, which is basically an achievement system where you earn things by playing. And it, when you get to certain when you get certain things done, you get items in return. And so they have XP that's awarded to you. Um, both, I think maybe this is what bonus points are, which we see in the end of game stats. But they're very few. Like I got two kills and I got six bonus points, which mm. is is not a lot. Granted, I died early game, so maybe it's more dependent on your survival in terms of how far you make it and your your rank in the game and not how many people you kill. Basically, you get XP by completing these challenges, and there's tons of challenges. If we click on the main menu, there's this missions um, pop-up on the right, and you go into that, and there are there's a daily set, there's normal, there's Sanuk, and then there's a number of weeks as well that have their own challenges. And each of those has a subset so like a list of challenges that you can accomplish and each one has its own xp reward so that's cool i like that for example play three squad games gets you 40 xp Mm. that's one of the daily challenges all right or daily we should call them missions that's that's what they're calling them Um, play three duo games is another daily mission Uh, use bandages 10 times and each of those gets you 40 xp once you get a certain amount of XP, you're going to go to the next level. And there's 30 levels total for the event pass. What's interesting is some of the items that you earn are you permanently acquire and others are not. So, uh, for example, if you get a gold-plated pistol at level 21, that's yours forever. Hmm. If you get the Car 98 skin, what's the one? It's like turquoise and orange and digital yeah yeah i know what you're talking about yeah that one if you get that you get it for 20 days (laughs) so now this is something i was unclear about my impression was that you could unlock things without paying but you wouldn't get to keep them um Mm -hmm. or maybe you get to keep like one of them but Mm. i thought that if you paid for the pass you got to keep everything oh that's that's my understanding where'd you read that yeah so they say, though the event pass is described as a premium item, you can complete missions and earn rewards even if you haven't purchased it. Uh-huh. These will be temporary unlocks um, with the chance to earn one special item permanently. 
However, purchasing the event pass allows you to permanently unlock these items. Oh. Yeah. So I think what they're trying to do here is that they want to give you the chance to actually do the events without having to buy in first. Mm-hmm. And and ho- they're hoping that you're going to reach a point in the season where you're like, look at all this cool shit. Mm-hmm. I should actually buy, you know, I should buy it now. Mm-hmm. So that's the idea. Okay. Yeah. It looks like... Uh, Event seasons are going to last a month. That's nuts, man. Yeah. $10 a month just to have the opportunity to permanently unlock cosmetics. I know. When I first heard about this, I thought, you know what? I think I'll probably buy in just for the sake of the podcast and to kind of get Mm. literate with the system and try it out, Mm -hmm. which I might do. I might do the first month, but I I think on, on concept, I'm not into, I, I just feel like a sucker. I guess is is the easiest way to put it. Yeah. If I were to to kind of start subscribing to this for in-game bling, it's like I'm sorry, but like if I I feel I would feel kind of shitty if and and this is funny because I have done this before in other games, um like Modern Warfare 2, I would it was motivating to me to do the achievements, mm. but I wasn't paying to do them. Right. So yeah, the idea totally. Like they definitely hooked me on that game and the achievement system, and I I found that really engaging. But for me to be engaged by a system while I'm simultaneously paying to keep engaging in it, to me that feels like gambling, or it, or it feels like I don't know. It's just it's a different kind of monetization that's growing with games that I definitely haven't cozied up to, and I'm not I'm not sure that I want to. And and we see that in the community too that people don't feel good about this and and i think that is the kind of feeling people have is um that they're being had Mm, or being asked to be had (laughs) (laughs) well i think that what you what you'll see a lot with this stuff is that people will bitch about it at first and then they'll like see a shiny that they want and then they'll just eventually capitulate you know i'm gonna make a pitch here okay so i think that in I was going to say in American culture, but I think it's it's probably true in a lot of cultures that there's a lot that we look at in other people and and we look for status symbols and we look we try to acquire status symbols often for ourselves to show uh, like look I'm accomplished or look like I have taste or look I have money. And I think that this game is trying to tap into that and a lot of games do this by giving you things that you can use to personalize yourself whether it's your weapon scan or your clothes and I've just, I that stuff has always rubbed me the wrong way. Like, I've always owned ugly cars, you know? I've always <laughs> dressed, like, a little weird. I, I can attest to both of those things. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I've also felt tempted to get, like, a nice-looking car and yeah. to dress, like, really stylish, which I sometimes do, right? It's it's all like how we want to use that stuff to kind of get further in our lives. And mm. I, I'm definitely not going to say that anyone who dresses nice is a sucker. You know, mm. we can use that to influence people's perceptions of us and to, to get where we want in life. OK, so more power to you. But that's life. OK, like when we <laughs> bring that shit into a video game to show some random people in this server that we'll never talk to again what status we have in this game or or to show off to our friends. I'm just like, I feel like someone's trying to hack my like primate brain into, into being had 
<laughs> oh, well, they absolutely are, Robin. I mean, this is like a hundred percent like dopamine shit going on right here. Uh huh. You know? Yeah. It's like, you know, what was that study they found that posting on Facebook like releases more dopamine than I don't remember what it was, like sugar or so. It was, it was something mm -hmm. or like having sex, uh, but. It was some crazy thing where they determined well, people are that having posting... some really bad sex. What's that? And <laughs> people are having some pretty bad sex. <laughs> well, whatever it was, it was like some surprising, you know, your brain was releasing more dopamine posting on social media than it was doing a lot of other pleasurable things. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that gives you some insight into how powerful these brain drugs are. And mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, you you better ask that they're looking at this stuff and trying to monetize it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if if you're a paranoid person, don't play into this, you know. Or if you're a, you know, if you're a Spartan weirdo like Robin, um, don't, <laughs> <laughs> don't, you know, don't. No, I'm just giving Robin a hard time, but I feel the same way. I'm, I'm like, I'm over it, man. Yeah. I mean, and, and implying that I'm over it implies that i had anything to do with it in the beginning which i don't you mm -hmm. know it's like i started over it um but you know i think like a fair amount of people out there will actually do this and they'll pay for it you know begrudgingly or not mm -hmm. and you know blue hole will make some additional skrills from it yeah okay um, yeah so i, I don't know i i want to i want to turn this line of thought into a specific ask of the PUBG Corporation, which is give us an achievement system where we can get stuff based on our gameplay, based on what we do in game that's not monetized. Mm. Like that should just be a part of any game. Like yeah. you, you shouldn't have to pay to be able to advance in a game, yeah. right? Well, I, to pay for more content, say d like DLC, actually that makes sense to me, right? Yeah. Like you buy an, an initial game, the development team keeps working on that game and they build new maps or add new game modes and they want, they need to support that work. Okay. So you pay for the new map pack, which actually that makes sense to me. And it, it you know, it does suck to like, I think I don't feel as exploited in that case mm. as I do in this case, mm. which is literally, have you looked at these weapon skins? <laughs> this is, <laughs> we're not talking about like thousands of hours of, of developers we're going into oh, this stuff you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay orange fucking pants yeah like okay. <laughs> no it's true a striped shirt well gray okay. shoes like but here's a counter argument robin mm -hmm. so hear me out we're we're literally on the eve of having new content drop for this game that's totally free right like so sandhawk the map okay plus the qbz the gun Okay. And probably a lot of these subsequent changes are all free, right? And in exchange for the that, hackers are free too. What's that? So are the hackers. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Well <laughs> So are the that game was, crashes. That was a given, right? <laughs> so um but but as a you know, as a way to make this up, they're just charging like certain random people who feel like shelling over ten bucks a month. Mm-hmm in order to pay for this. So in a way, Robin, mm -hmm. it's kind of like they're outsourcing you having to pay for the DLC by making some other sucker pay for their, you know, stupid in-game shit instead. 
Mm. Right? So what do you think about it now? You know, that's a very good point. Because <laughs> I can very well choose not to buy this event pass, right? Yeah. And there's going to be plenty of people who do. Maybe not. Who knows? Like, I mean, it's, it's hard to tell because backlash online about most any change in a game is usually loud. And we there it's might ridiculous. be a lot of people who are 100% ready to buy into this who, who are just like, meh. Like, yeah. they're kind of stoked, but they're not, like, super excited enough to blog about it. And the people who are pissed are, as usual, right? Like, the squeaky wheel gets the oil mm-hmm. sort of thing. Like, they're the, mm-hmm. the loudest voices. And so, you know, when you put it that way, I don't know, man. I still It still gives me a, a kind of negative feeling around the game. Mm. Um, That's fair. Yeah. Even though I don't have to buy into it, I it, it gets me that they're getting other people to do it to do so, you know. Yeah, yeah, you're you're just such a, a social justice advocate here, Robin. <laughs> yeah, the exploited masses of the, the world, exploited PUBG masses. <laughs> so I am your voice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I will agree. I think that there are smarter ways to go about this, and it seems like other companies, you know, like R6, for example, we were just talking about last night, mm-hmm. seems to have implemented much more elegant systems, which we don't need to go into. Mm-hmm. You know, and I will say that furthermore, the the free stuff that they do give us is just mostly feel bads, like you know, buying buying 10 crates from all of your hard-earned BP and opening them all and getting a bunch of stupid shit that you don't like. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> yeah, I'll, I'll totally give him that. Yeah. But, you know, when it really comes down to it, I'm just glad that I don't have to pay for Sandhawk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Dude, I'm really curious what non-English speakers think about this stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Like, maybe this system just totally makes sense to the Korean player or the Chinese player mm, and, and right. maybe... Maybe there's not any complaints over there. I don't know. Yeah. A lot Um, lot of them are probably English speakers. Sure. (laughs) Sure. I don't know. I don't like, I I guess you're right. Maybe when I, when I see the comment thread, I kind of just assume I'm hearing like angry American and and like Australian and British players or whatever. But you know, you're right. You're right. I don't actually know that comment thread is, is probably very international. Yeah. It's a good point. It's a good point that it could very much vary culturally. Mm -hmm. And there are, you know, there are regions like Korea being a notable example that, that definitely have their own gaming culture that is, you know, very separate from from ours mm-hmm. here in the U.S. Um, but it's a good point. I'm curious about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I let's let's move on and talk about a few of these Xbox updates. All right. So they're releasing, or they released now this uh, hotfix on June twentieth. And they said the primary purpose was improving stability and reducing the number of crashes players experience. So um, that's really good. I mean, clearly it's still the biggest gripe on the Xbox is just the poor performance in general. Mm-hmm. They they were talking about how they've been fixing some memory leaks mm-hmm. um, that had to do with character renders. And... It was just apparently each time a scene changed. So like each time you went from the start screen to the lobby to in-game, uh, or maybe to your uh, inventory. I don't know if that's considered one of them. Mm-hmm. But the, the memory that they used in the game to render your character was was just leaking. Like the, 
the system was not able to get that memory back. Hmm. And so this is one of the reasons why the game was crashing after, you know, X number of time hmm. in playing the game. Um, so, and, and then if you had a larger party size, it could actually, you know, leak two to four times as much as well. So that's the thing that they claim to have fixed, which is really good because, you know, the day that this is actually a polished and fun experience on the Xbox will be a special day for humanity. Yeah. So just to elaborate a little more on memory leaking, I wasn't sure if I understood it. I just Googled it to make sure I had it right. But basically it's when there's, so they're storing your character model in these different environments and then once it switches, say, from the start screen to the lobby, it's actually holding on to that character model in the memory, so probably in your gram, and then it never gets rid of it. So usually the way any computer program works is there's something called garbage collection. And when something is when information is no longer needed, it basically gets deleted from memory or RAM, which you have a very limited amount of. And so what it wasn't doing was deleting that. And it wouldn't delete it from any of these situations, start screen, lobby, and end game. And so each, each time you switched, it was just adding more and more to the pile that wasn't going away. <laughs> and it wasn't reusing it probably either. It, you know, it can be an issue with all computer software. Mm -hmm. And yeah, handling memory efficiently is a, is a really big deal. Mm -hmm. It's one of the reasons why restarting your PC is a good idea periodically. Mm -hmm. So I'm just, I'm glad that they're, continuing to focus on this because as much as i'm sure the xbox players would love to get you know all of this pc stuff that we're talking about and you know they they clearly want as much expansion to the game as any of the rest of us do but just starting with a game that doesn't crash and doesn't lag out all the time mm -hmm. is like clearly the priority right so yeah so i'm glad that they're <clears throat> working on that um they've also Apparently, they fixed a bug where vehicles would sometimes lift off the ground and spin rapidly. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. I was why just did they say, fix why did that? they fix that, dude? <laughs> they're like, they're leaving in all of the bad shit and fixing all the fun shit, uh. you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, like they fixed freaking motorcycle rocket launching. Did they? Well, uh, yeah, on the PC, don't you remember? I think I remember. I just have seen recent clips of it. Yeah. And Maybe so didn't fix I it. think it's still okay. I'm pretty sure you can still ram people with motorcycles and get cool effects. It was a, you know, it was like a PUBG fix with floating quotations, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, anyway, just, you know, they're working on the Xbox. Hopefully the June 26th patch will have some additional improvements in it. So yeah, finally, let's talk about this headshot challenge because mm -hmm. this is a, a unique thing. And what I like about this is that it's a community-wide achievement, which is something that I haven't seen before in this game, period. Right. Yeah. So it's cool that they're giving this first to the Xbox players, kind of throwing the Xbox community a bone. Mm -hmm. I like that a lot. And so apparently between, it's going to be a week long, so from June 20th, it's already begun, through uh, the 27th. Mm -hmm. It's basically, they want the community to get 4 million headshots. You know, I, this is your time to shine, cheaters. Okay? <laughs> if you have an oh, aimbot, no. tune that thing to headshot only. <laughs> Help the community out. Okay? 
Yeah. In fact, this is definitely the time to use the wall hack cheat too and just allow your bullets to go through walls. Um, just to, you know, this is important. Yeah. Priorities, people. We need how many headshots? Four million. Four million. Okay. It'd yeah. be fun if they showed you how many headshots you got during this period. Yeah. To see how much you're contributing to it. And because that would be motivating to me. That's true. If you could see yours and if you could see the overall number. Mm hmm. That would be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, this is Blue Hole. They do, they do say you can track the community progress of the event goal with post on June 22nd and 25th. Okay, mm. so they're just going to they're gonna give us updates on the 22nd and 25th about this. Awesome. So get to work, Xboxes. Get those reticles lined up. I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of infuriation going around trying to achieve this, you know? They're mm-hmm. like, dude, why did you, like, I was trying to line a headshot on, a headshot on that guy and he just took me out. Mm-hmm. No headshot. Classless bastard. Uh, do you want to move on to our main topic? Let's go. <clears throat> All right. Let's get down. Um, <laughs> let's get down with our main topic, like what you did there, which is peroning. So I, since very early on in my progression through this game, I started to develop some strong opinions about proning. And specifically when were good times to do it and when were not good times to do it. And this developed partly from times that I had success versus not proning and mostly due to watching a lot of other people prone in situations that I thought were really stupid. (laughs) So that's kind of my main, uh, spoiler alert, my main bent in doing this is to... uh, provide a cautionary tale i think if there were a heading to this it would be you prone too much Mm. so that's my assertion okay and we can go through the points and then afterwards you slash the listener can decide whether you yourself prone too much or not so okay so robin proning in the game why why would we want to prone in this game what are the benefits the main, the first thing that comes to my mind is actually just to remain undetected. Okay, it's so like visually hiding. Visually, just I'm not as noticeable. Right. I'm like flat to the ground. People, when they scan the environment, are looking for a two meter tall thing with arms moving <laughs> right and left. Yeah. Right? And jumping around or something. Right. Right. And if you're prone, you're still two meters, but you might be facing them. So you're like not that wide. Right. And you're not moving very fast either. Mm-hmm. You know, like the snake strategy is a thing. Totally. For exactly this reason. It doesn't work that well if you don't have grass. <laughs> no. As we learned on Miramar. <laughs> As you, yeah. Nobody fucking pros in Miramar ever. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't snake. That's for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So... Which yeah, is too bad. I kind of miss the snake mechanic. Oh, really? Yeah, I, it's like one of the first things I was happy to see go in Miramar. <laughs> it's like freaking. Do you want to hear something funny? Mm. Is when my my friend Alex first described this game to me before I ever played it. He was just describing it. I don't know what he said, but general description of the game. And I I think I I literally asked him. I said, "So is stealth important?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's super important." And I was like, "So like." 
could you just go prone and like crawl around and like be really stealthy? And he's like, oh yeah, you could, people do that all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Understatement of the century. That was like one of the things I was excited about, about this game. Ah, okay. Got Mm -hmm. it. Strangely. Yeah. Granted, now that I played it a a lot, I hardly ever do that. Um, Yeah. But anyway, so let's, let's kind of try to break these benefits down a little more methodically. Right. So, yeah, so getting low, right, is the is the kind of bird's eye view benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, now, yeah, one of the specific benefits is that if you're prone and someone's viewing you pretty much head on, mm-hmm. like on a level plane with your proneness, it's about the smallest that you can get in the game. Mm-hmm. It's basically like just your head and your shoulders, and yeah. that's it. So in certain situations, it can make you a very small target, which is nice. Another benefit is it allows you to cover behind low things. This is a very obvious statement here, but like like an example I would give is on Miramar, when you drop in those uh, wrestling arenas, then proning, you can actually hide behind those tiny little wall lips like around the edge of each floor. It's just one of the places that um, you can only cover behind if you prone. So what are some of the other benefits, Robin? Well, uh, we just covered that you're small mm-hmm. and it gives you cover. Also, it lets you use the landscape as cover, which is exactly what I was thinking of when I was thinking of Miramar mm-hmm. and how yeah. I don't tend to prone there, but it actually could be pretty useful to prone because there's a lot of kind of, I'll call them undulations in the landscape. Some of them are right. large and some of them are small. But there's a lot of little divots and things that you could totally just tuck your body into and chill out in that yeah. map. You can't sneaky snake, but you could definitely camp in a prone position in that map pretty easily. Right. Um, you wouldn't want it to be in a place where anyone has any sort of vantage on you. Yes. Right? Because they're right. definitely, they will probably see you. But then, you know, like I said earlier, people are looking for this like tall, vertical, human-shaped object right. typically. Right. So as long as you're not like shooting and drawing attention to yourself, um, you might be able to just camp even like relatively in the open if you have the right position. Right. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. And it's there are a lot of situations in which it provides you good visual cover. I mean, obviously, grass is one of the best examples, but there are even like I've had people bush camp me in Miramar which is kind of hard to do because none of the bushes are really big enough Mm -hmm. to bush camp in. Mm -hmm. But there was this one time when someone was prone in a bush and it gave them just enough visual cover to kill me before I had seen them. Mm. So, you -hmm. know, it's definitely, again, one of those things, if like anyone had come up on them from a different angle, they would have seen their body sticking out. So it's a very vulnerable thing to do. Yes. But in that particular scenario, maybe they heard me coming and proned into that bush. Yes. It did provide them just enough visual cover. Yeah, I'm often tempted to prone in a bush and it just it never works. <laughs> like I just I think about it, right? Yeah. And yeah. it's like, well, my head's gonna be sticking on one side and my legs are gonna be sticking on the other yeah. side. It doesn't really make sense. Nope. No, uh, nope. not not unless, you know, you really know the angle. Yeah. Right? So um there's, there's some other really tangible benefits to proning. Like, for example, it, it makes your weapons more stable. Oh, right. Yeah. So let's, I mean, 
So some weapons, for example, have the tripod, like uh, both of the LMGs and the Mark 14 mm-hmm. are like specifically designed to be used while prone. Mm-hmm. But tell us about some of the other benefits, Robin. I mean, the, like you said, I mean, more more specifically, the it modifies deviation, recoil, and sway of mm-hmm. your weapons. Mm-hmm. The stat I have on, on the recoil is that it's 0.7 of mm. what standard recoil is for your weapon. Or I guess substantial. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's basically what a compensator would do. Mm, okay. And so if you have that on top of a compensator, you know, or it's a is a compensator replacement, but there's still you only really want to do this when you're not very vulnerable to another player, which right. the only time I can think of is sometimes I'll do it if I want to hit a vehicle at long range on mm. auto fire. Okay. Um, and they're not coming straight at me, or even if they are, and they're t- let's say they're two or three hundred meters out, right? I'm still gonna I'm gonna land more of those shots in a prone position than I will if I'm standing. Mm-hmm. But if I'm in a gunfight with somebody, that recoil boost is n- or or I guess minus like that more stable gun. I don't think it outweighs the vulnerability of being still. Mm, okay. Um, I definitely prefer to be peaking and being unpredictable and, and having cover and and kind of peaking one side, then another, stuff like that, rather than holding a position and just shooting endlessly. Right. <laughs> right. So, because they're going to, if they're doing the peaky thing, they probably, I don't know, I think they're going to have the advantage if you're out in the open, mm-hmm. even if you're prone. But Yeah. Well, okay, so you're getting into some of the drawbacks here, um, and I think... Okay, you know, all right, well, okay. So let's just... I, I define one case where that reduced recoil would make sense, which is against vehicles. Yeah. Another would be against a player who's far enough away where you need that recoil reduction who doesn't see you yet. Yes. Right? Right. And you're going to plan on just, like, full-on auto-spray... Or maybe I bet it reduces single shot recoil as well. Mm-hmm. And so either way, that's going to give you a little boost. Mm-hmm. But you better get them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> because if you fuck that up or they turn to see you, you are a sitting duck. Yeah. Um, the time it takes to get out of prone in that situation is, is going to get you dead. Right. And I, I will say that I've gotten so many kills in this game that way. Where like there was a prone person, they started firing. I found them. And then as soon as you're in a situation where you're prone, the other person isn't, and they've found you, mm-hmm. you're just at a steep disadvantage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yep, especially yep. because if you're facing them, oftentimes the thing facing them is your head, and it makes it just very easy to headshot you. Yeah. So. Right. Now, I think another thing that makes me feel kind of paralyzed and prone is it affects the rate at which you can turn. Yes. And it, which is essentially your sensitivity. Right. Right. And so I think it fine sensitivity. Like if you're turning less than 30 degrees, it might not be a big deal. I don't, I should look into this, but I always get the feeling that if I want to turn more than that, you kind of get, you hit this like wall and then you're turning slow. You I don't do. know if that's actually true. No, you do. It's yeah. It's true. And you descope as well. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you know, let's, let's talk about the drawbacks here. So we've already kind of hinted at some of these. Um, It makes you a larger target from many angles. So for example, if someone can actually see your full body while you're Mm. prone, it can Mm -hmm. make you just a very, very easy target. Well, the same size as if you were standing, basically. Right. But sideways. Yeah. Which, think about it, though, is actually, I think that's an advantage. 
which I wanted to get to because when when someone is shooting at you, their the recoil is always in the vertical direction. That's true. That's true. And so they're always going to have to compensate all the way back down to you. Whereas if you're vertical, it's like classic to aim at the torso and then your recoil is going up the body. And yeah. that makes it actually really easy. Like recoil goes along the shape of the body. So if you start low, you're going to be landing a couple of shots before you have to compensate. And I think this is actually, I know you were trying to do drawbacks, but I think this is a benefit. <laughs> it just, just throwing curveballs in my show, Robin. <laughs> the trickster. You beat me to drawbacks. I was just about to mention this. Well, yeah, no, that's a really good point, actually, Mm -hmm. is that it it makes, I mean, making yourself a horizontal rather than a vertical target, yeah, it does have benefits, Mm -hmm. for sure. So one of the problems with it is that basically, if someone is seeing the length of your body while you're prone, this means that you're not looking at them. Mm. And the probably even if it makes you harder to hit the amount of time it's going to take you to either whip around or stand up you're probably going to be dead still Mm -hmm. so you know it's in a way it's a benefit but if you really think about how most scenarios play out i'm not sure that it's going to end up being a benefit Mm -hmm. yeah so you know this is obvious but you move very slowly when you're prone and movement patterns are very predictable when you're prone. So people know that you're not going to, you know, you can't duck, you can't lean, you can't, you know, you can only move a small amount in any direction. Mm-hmm. And then if you stand up, the animation takes about a second. So people, they just, they know where to shoot when you're prone. It makes you very predictable. Mm-hmm. So... um and that the getting up animation can be an issue because like let's say someone finds you and they land their first shot on you and then you jump up. That gives them time to land their second and third shot on okay. you. Okay. But here's a trick. You can shoot during that animation. That's true. Mm-hmm. But I mean, will you hit anything? I have no fucking idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I think in close quarters that could come into play. Possibly. Point blank, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I, I really want to highlight this thing that um, if you move at all while you're prone, it lowers your scope. And furthermore, I think this is something that a lot of people don't think about very much, but weapon tuck is also a thing when you're prone. And so what can happen often is that like some slight deviation in the curvature of the landscape can actually block your shot. when you're prone yes so it's really it's like the hill can eat your bullets or if you just turn your mouse like imperceptibly further down it can just force your weapon to touch i think this is might be the number one reason not to do it actually yeah is it's not always intuitive where your bullets are going to hit yes and where where they're going to be blocked and i've seen a lot of clips on youtube of people being very dumbfounded and mystified by their bullets not reaching their target and in, in prone positions mm-hmm. um yeah so. it's it's a real drawback so let's talk about the situations in which you should prone or where it's really beneficial to prone i think one of the best examples of a really good situation in which to prone is if you're higher in elevation than someone else and the angle of the landscape or the cover is such that proning will actually hide you. So like a really good example of this is if you're on the roof of a building, like a flat roof, 
and there's someone on the ground below, then proning is a very effective way to to take cover because the person below won't be able to see you. Hmm. And I think as a general rule, I would say- to hide. Yeah, to hide. Not to shoot. No, you're right. Okay. It's yeah, it's it's awkward to shoot from that angle. Yep. Probably not a good idea. Mm-hmm. But as a general rule, I think um proning gets better as a hiding tactic if you're higher in elevation than the people you're worried about. Mm-hmm. And it gets worse if people are higher than you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what you'll see a lot is um more perceptive people or people who are just scanning the landscape carefully. Like you see this a lot in Erangel where you'll have a sniper up in the hills and they're scanning across a field and they'll just randomly find someone prone in the grass um, because it just it just doesn't really hide you visually if someone's above you. It can do a very good job of hiding you in the grass if some if you're in front of somebody, right? If you're looking in a direction and you're looking straight at a person who's in the grass next to you, it might be really hard to see them. Mm-hmm. But if you're up on the hill looking into that same grass, it's basically not providing you very much visual cover at all. Mm-hmm. So elevation's really huge in determining when it's actually going to give you cover versus not. And it's just all about angles and lines of sight, you know? Mm-hmm. So one of the things that that really bothers me is... When someone will be running through a field in Erangel, say, and they'll start taking fire, maybe at a distance, and they won't know where the fire's coming from, and they just go prone. It's like their first reaction. Like, someone's shooting me, shit, I better go prone. And I would say, like, seven times out of ten, if not more, it's the wrong thing to do. Mm -hmm. Because chances are, if someone's already seen you, they're gonna watch you go prone, they probably can still see you. They know where you are, and now you're just a sitting duck. Yeah. So that's like a classic no-no, right? For proning. Yeah, I think sometimes we go into hiding mode. Yeah. It's like oh, I don't, I don't want to be seen. Like, make me go away, <laughs> and we prone, and it's the end. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's yeah. You know, I think I I have to tell myself. Like I have to talk myself out of that mode sometimes. Like if I have a couple of bad games in a row, I might I some I feel myself like shifting toward that a little more. Yeah. It never works out. Like that <laughs> you have to be I think this game definitely rewards aggressive reactions. Mm-hmm. Right? Not passive or or hiding type reactions. And mm-hmm. so um if you want to move stealthily, that's good. But once you're engaged, hiding is not the answer. No. Like engaging <laughs> engaging the enemy is the answer exactly yeah 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 and being nimble while you do it Mm -hmm. yeah let's talk about uh, a few other examples of good good reasons to prone if if you're getting shot through windows then proning and healing is often a good thing to do um, because again it's it's all about the line of sight it's all about the angles mm-hmm. so that can be very very beneficial um, you know and then of course snaking can be a good tactic sometimes 
Like, for example, there are a lot of final circle situations in Erangel where just the way the circle lands and the way things are, snaking might actually be the only cover that you have. And and thus it's basically all you get to do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that that definitely examples of where snaking, proning in the grass uh, can be beneficial. Some some silly behaviors I see are things like someone will will take cover behind a tree and then they'll also prone. Mm-hmm. Which in like nine times out of 10 is just, it's, it's, why would you do that? It's like the tree is your cover. The proning is not your cover. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Can you, can you think of a reason of a scenario in which that would actually be a smart thing to do? Proning behind a tree? Yeah. Mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, okay. I can think of why I might be tempted to do that. Yeah. I can't say whether or not it's actually something that would pan out for me. Yeah. Um, and the reason I would be tempted is if I'm afraid that people might be coming around me from a different angle, they haven't seen me yet, but they're going to see me soon. Like mm. if I feel like, like, let's say we just got into a gunfight going prone. If, if you're at low health really quickly, it's that gunfight is going to draw attention and people are going to start coming towards you. This just happened to me today. Got in a gunfight with a guy in Sanuk. I got flanked. Like It was like tree-to-tree battle, and then mm-hmm. a guy comes like 180 degrees behind me and shoots me in the back, basically. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I I don't think I should have gone prone in that situation, but it might have made me less detectable, and he would have seen the other guy. But I, I no, I, I'm not making a case for this. I'm just saying why <laughs> it might be tempting, and yeah. I don't I don't think it's a good idea. Yeah, I just think if like if you know if you have an object of cover to hide behind, mm-hmm. then it's just a good idea. Like make that your cover, but mm-hmm. don't I think sometimes people they just want like level two cover, you know? Right. They're right. like, not only do I want to be behind this rock, but I also wanna have grass cover. Mm-hmm. Um and it's it can be an especially bad idea when you're behind cover because people expect you to be behind cover. They're looking for it. Mm-hmm. You know, someone running through a field who sees a rock, they're gonna think you're on the other side of it. Mm-hmm. And if they run up, you know, if they actually get an angle where they can see behind that rock, they're almost certainly gonna see you proning. And then you and then the cover is useless at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the whole benefit of cover is that you can rotate around it. Right to right. to put it in between you and the other person. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah, I don't know, man. That's that's my know. diatribe against that. My little like prey animal, like the part <laughs> of me that is like I'm being hunted, is like it still wants to prone sometimes when like shit is really hitting the fan. <laughs> like, but I, I yeah, th- I think it is better to talk ourselves out of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now here's an example of when it can actually be beneficial. I remember I was in a game with you, Robin. It was a squad match and we were like running through a field and we very suddenly came upon another team. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was three of us and you and this other player immediately went prone. And I stayed standing because I was like, what kind of an idiot would go prone in the middle of a firefight? <laughs> and all of a sudden it's the whole squad shooting at me because I'm the only fucking target, right? <laughs> 
<laughs> so they all focus fire oh, on no. me and I'm dead instantly. Oh, and meanwhile, no. you and that other person took the rest of them out. Okay. So it was kind of like a, it was a genius Darwinian play yeah. that you guys both pulled Oh there. my God. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yep. So that, hmm. can, that can be to your benefit. Air- okay. So squads, <laughs> it also reminds me of a time where I was, I was playing squads and the rest of my squad died. And I was proning, like, between squads, basically, Mm. just to not be detected. Because I knew, like, I was not ready to take on, like, six people. Yeah. You know, I had, like, shitty armor and, like, probably just a normal AR. And it it doesn't matter what you have in that situation. Like, you're not going to take on six people, typically. But that was Erangel, and it was all close range. Like, people were close to me. And I was just trying to, like, get toward the circle and not be detected. And Mm -hmm. it worked for a little while. But... Mm -hmm. That's true. The value of stealth goes up when people are distracted, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's true. Sometimes you can get away with it in situations you wouldn't otherwise. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm going to continue down my list of pet proning peeves. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Another one that bothers me that we've spoken about before is when people just plop down on death crates. Like mm. they just assume that it's, there's some weird, I think it's a behavioral thing where like someone saw someone else do it once. Mm-hmm. And then it like tricked them into thinking it was the right thing to do. And I don't know what they think they're trying to get away with, but it's like, maybe if I go prone, people won't see me like my entire body <laughs> sticking out of this crate and moving. Right. And like switching shit out of my inventory. Um, guys, don't do this ever, <laughs> ever. Maybe, you know, maybe do it in a situation where proning was the right thing to do anyway. Right. Um, like at the top of a hill or something, mm-hmm. but otherwise just don't do it. Okay. Yeah. All right, man. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Another time it's probably a bad idea to go prone is when you're actively in the middle of a firefight with people. Um, mm. The reason for this is that it's it's going to make your accuracy tank. And people will, you know, if someone's shooting you, they'll just adjust their aim and they'll shoot you on the ground and they'll usually... You mean your your accuracy will tank while you're going into prone? Exactly. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, you won't be able to shoot while you're going down and then you'll have to retrain and potentially Mm re-ADS once you're on the ground. And that just gives someone a lot of time to kill you. Mm -hmm. So I have seen this work occasionally, like... Sometimes people just aren't expecting you to do it. Mm-hmm. And especially if they have a weapon like a pump shotgun, sometimes if you if you time your prone, you can kind of duck their blast and then you have a second to blast them before they get their next shot off. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that it, it can be an effective tactic, but I think it can also just be like, I was firing and then I just lay down on the ground and let them kill me. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the thing that can happen now here's a tactic that has actually worked on me a few times and it has made me want to try to do it myself is sometimes if if someone expects you to be somewhere but they don't expect you to be prone you can get them so Mm -hmm. for example Mm -hmm. um best example i could think of is you run around a corner when someone's chasing you and then you whip right. around and you go prone. Yes. Right? This is exactly the kind of situation that keeps playing through in my head. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. So 
that's you know and especially if you have like a shotgun or something that can just kind of take them out really quickly yeah um this can sometimes just be a super effective you know i'm also wondering if you shoot a pump action shotgun and then immediately hit prone you're gonna be dancing around anyway during Mm, that time yeah i'm wondering if the pump action animation just continues parallel with the proning animation that's a really good because i could see that as a good use case right yeah brilliant robin Mm -hmm. um yeah we we will have to experiment with that i it also makes me wonder about proning in the middle of any reload right Mm -hmm. is that a thing that you can do Uh, yeah it's a good question I, I you know, I feel a bit stupid for not knowing the I answer. I know. I mean, you can definitely go between prone and, or not prone, crouching and standing while reloading yeah. and pumping. So right. it just seems like intuitively we would use our arms to go prone. We don't just like fall over. Yeah. And so the idea of reloading during that doesn't really make sense to my brain, but it might yeah. work in game. Okay. Good. Good shit. Um, I think that I have spent all of my vitriol on this topic. Do you, okay, okay. <laughs> do you have any final thoughts? I think about we, we got to hit the final things I was thinking about, which yeah. is uh, in close quarters, if someone loses visual on you and they're chasing or there's kind of a cat and mouse thing going on, it can be surprising yeah. if you're prone, which I think can be crucial. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if you're a, aware of what kind of weapon they have if they have a a weapon with high recoil that's going to factor into it too because it's going to be harder for them to steady that on a small visual target when you're Mm. prone yeah so but that's that's next level right consciousness and it it definitely just reminds me of what you said earlier where when you use this as a tactic you've really got to get them you know like Mm -hmm. if you miss or if you fuck it up yeah you're just dead. Exactly. You have one chance to pull this off. Because if, <laughs> if they like, if they don't run around the corner yeah. and expose themselves, if they peek it and yeah. take a couple test shots or pre-fires and then go back behind cover, you can damn well bet the next time they're going to peek, they're going to be aiming straight at your face. Yes. And you're not going to be able to do shit about it. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Yep. Straight to the and, dome. And that is when it's going to be tempting to bail, but don't. You're you're committed to the prone at that point. Yes. Just wait for that peak and shoot him in the face. Yes. So that's true. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's for, f- not for the commitment phobic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, nice. Yeah, cracking it back off with a nice long episode here. So our custom game schedule for this up and coming week is we're going to do our usual Monday and Tuesday nights at Mm -hmm. 6 p.m. Pacific time. Monday is hosted by Robin. Yep. And Tuesday is usually hosted by me, but currently hosted by Sokola because I'm during a busy work time. And then it looks like we're going to have Skills and Thrills hosting either on Thursday or Friday have been his uh, times that he's done that. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so look in our Discord schedule instructions channel for more information. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad he's doing that, man. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. awesome. Mm-hmm. Dude, bo- both of them, you know, Skills and Thrills yeah. and Sokola. Yep. Just to give them a quick shout out, they're two mods in our community. Uh, they're both streamers as well. Yep. And, um, you know, they're very, very entertaining to watch, talented players. So, you know, just show them some love, especially if you're on the Xbox and you'd like to participate in the customs games but you can't because you know you're on the xbox uh you can always tune in 
and there's usually at least one streamer streaming and um so color and skills and thrills are a great place to start for that mm-hmm. so and then also uh so color has been doing a saturday afternoon um mm. and i think currently he's preferring noon pacific time for that okay but again, you know, the best the best way to really get your finger on the pulse here is to join our Discord channel and go into the schedule instructions channel under our customs uh tab. And that's where you can really get the juicy details there. Perfect. So, yeah, and I'll I'll be returning to hosting after June. So looking forward to that. And yeah, so um you can find the link to our Discord in the show notes. And we also have a subreddit. And we have an Xbox club, which I sometimes forget to highlight, but that was started by uh, Stop Collaborate, one of our diehard listeners, and uh, also hosted by Heinze, uh, Backdraft. So um, yeah, if you want to find that, you can just search for Winner Winner in the Xbox clubs section, and it'll pop right up. And I feel like we just past 150 members if i'm not mistaken Mm. so it's a pretty hopping little community in there and uh, a great place to just team up and chat and you know hang out with your fellow xbox players and i also just wanted to acknowledge that recently we've just had like an absolute glut of PUBG mobile players joining our discord i would say that we get about one to four a day and it's all it's like clockwork it's like they join the server their first question just goes straight into the general chat and it's usually like where is customs <laughs> or how to join customs match three question marks and um the reason for this is that back when PUBG mobile came out um we did a review of it in episode 17 and we just happened to also talk about custom games in that episode. It was a total coincidence. So the title of that show was like PUBG Mobile and Customs. And since then, we have become, I think for a while, we were the number one Google hit for PUBG Mobile Customs. Mm, um, I wow. think we've recently been surpassed now. Okay. But um, so I think that there's just players from all over the world who Google PUBG Mobile Customs and they end up in our Discord. Because mm-hmm. we're the first hit. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's that's just a little aside. So our, our mobile community is growing, and maybe we will one day get customs access. Although I have no idea how to get it on mobile. I looked into it. No idea. Anyway, that was a big aside. Yeah, you can also support us on Patreon if you want. It's a very generous thing to do. Mm-hmm. And Robin, what's up with the music? Music? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's like, what? Am I playing music? What's going on? <laughs> no, the gazelles. They uh, do our intro and outro music. They kick ass. Check them out on Facebook. You can find their link in our show notes. And um, I also wanted to announce a quick challenge mode nice. for the week, just to give everybody a little bit more circle awareness. I think it would be fun to try to go to the center of the circle all the time. Oh, every time. Every time. Nice. So, like, to define it, let's say, try to identify a 100-meter square that's at the center of the circle or as close as possible to it and try to limit yourself to be within that 
during the whole game. So whenever the circle changes, find that center square again and go there. <laughs> Maybe you'll loot a little, you know, you need to loot. Try to like get there as soon as you can. And, and I'm just, I'm curious for myself what kind of a game that would, that would be. Because um, I feel like a lot of players are either somewhere between the middle and the outside or on the outside. And that the, the very center is actually a pretty small space that people tend to avoid. Mm. And so I actually think it might be a quiet game. But yeah, this, we'll see. I love it, man. That mm-hmm. is my kind of challenge. Mm-hmm. I will 100% join you in that challenge. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that's all I've got for this week. Arjuna signing off. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.